tired. So tired. Hey, you're listening to Overtired. I am Brett Terpstra. I am here with Christina Warren. Jeff is off this week. Christina, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, we're probably going to talk about it some, but uh, I the, the day started off. We're recording this on a Monday, so we're recording this a little bit differently than we normally do with some uh, very big media news yeah. happening in the world, like some some seismic, like earth-shattering media news, which doesn't directly affect me in any way at all, <laughs> um, but it is very exciting for me as, as a media watcher. So um, so your choice, you wanna, do you want to kick into that before a mental health corner, or should we get mental health corner squared away? Let's, let's square away mental health corner, and then we can talk about all the, all the media peoples. Cool. So how's your mental health, Christina? It's doing okay. It's doing okay. Um, I was able to convince my mother that Taylor Swift uh, oh, is not um, a, a devil worshiper. That's a win. That is a win. And so I'm taking her to the concert um, this Friday. So I'm flying into Atlanta and then we're going to go to the concert and then I'm going to stay in Atlanta for like another week um, or 10 days, I guess, so that I can be there for my nephew's um, second birthday. And then I'm, I'm coming back. So, um, so what tipped the scale? What, uh, how did you convince your mother that this, the witchcraft accusations were nonsensical? Well, I'd already kind of had a conversation with her and then I kind of let it go. Like I didn't talk to her for a while. And then I, when we were on the phone again, I was like, okay, I want to bring this up because, you know, like I I haven't done anything yet, but, but it's, I, I can still get tickets and, and and I, I want to do this, and she was able to. Um, I think that that had dissipated. I think that the like the fear on that. She was like, and you don't think, and I was like, no, not even remotely. <laughs> now her fears were about like being around all these people and potentially getting COVID. And I was like, that's fair. Legit. But, you, know, you can you can wear a mask or whatever. And I was like, I was I was like, she was like, well, you know, we could go another time. And like in my mind, I'm like not wanting to say like the obvious, which is like, you know, next time she tours, like you might be in a different place in your life where you might not want to yeah. do this. So I said, yeah. I just kind of appealed. I was like, look, this is literally getting heralded. It's like one of the, the best tours of like all time. Like this is like, this is like a once in a lifetime sort of event. And I was just like, I, I want to share this with you. So. So, cause like, despite being 29, your mom's kind of up there in years, right? Right. Right. So you never know. You never know if she's going to be mobile and and so okay. Side side note: yeah. Did you know that the current season of Sex in the City, the stars are older than the first season stars of uh, Golden Girls? Golden Girls. Yes, and it fucked me up. <laughs> That's so weird. That's so weird. Well, it, well, what it does though is it kind of like reaffirms, like I mean, you know, they called all the Golden Girls, and you've had B. Arthur and um, um, what's her face, um, uh, the woman who played um Sophia, who had gray hair, but like they were still like fucking and stuff on the yeah. show, yeah. And 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 we all thought they were old, but I think it was because of the title, right? Like if they hadn't called it that. Like, I don't know. That's, that is how they sold it. Like That is how they sold it. Exactly. But but it's so funny because now I think, you know, if you're like, oh, you know, selling a show about women in their 50s, no one would think that they were like golden anything. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that, like that, that implies like you're in your 70s, you know, like whatever. But like, like early in my, 50s. 
in my mind, that's gotten worse, not better. But apparently, like women in their 50s are now viewed as, you know, viable human beings in a way they weren't. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. 100 percent. And, you know, who I have to weirdly credit this with and this this feels weird to say Andy fucking Cohen, because Real Housewives, like that whole franchise. Yeah. Has made women like who are. 50 plus like they are that is the women who star and like run that world Interesting. like they like they started on, the, on their 40s but like really it's when they're in their 50s and they are getting into drama and they're getting into relationships they're getting into all kinds of other shit and like they are you know that yeah. that is who runs that franchise my girlfriend is edging up on 50 and as like i it doesn't it it's just a number right right but at the same time, it's 50. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be dating a 50-year-old. And, like, that's taken some... I've had to come to terms. She's five years older than me. And uh, it's, like, it's five years. I'm I'm 45. So, like, I'm 44, almost 45. But, like, five years is very insignificant. We're the same age in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And I don't know why it ever bothered me, but I think it's a societal thing. This totally. like idea of like 50 years old, you're, you're, you're past old. your prime. Yeah. You're, yeah. But she's not at all. She's a, no. she, she does yoga four times a week. And Dude, she probably, she's probably better. Honestly, she probably is better in shape than like uh, women who were actually 29. Most 30s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, uh, certainly better shape than me. Um, and like, yeah, no, it, it is weird how it is such a societal thing. And like, it's, don't, it's, don't tell her that it freaked me out though. Cause it freaks her out. Like turning 50 freaks her out. Yeah, totally. Um, and she doesn't need to know that it also freaks me out a little. No, I mean, yeah, no, she doesn't. This is and, just between you and me. Yeah. And, and the internet and, and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and hopefully Elle doesn't listen, but if she does, I hope she knows like, Hey, it is just a number there are plenty of people who are younger who are in worse shape and plenty of people who are older. Like you see it all the time. Like, again, I, ha I also have to say, I have to give a little bit of credit to the Kardashians here because their whole like refusal to like stop being like hot online <laughs> is doing great things for women in their forties. Sure. And like, they're not going to stop like when they turn 50, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, like they're never like, 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 like people make fun of Madonna and granted she's like, done too much shit to her face lately she's also 65 years old so like <laughs> if you think about madonna in her 50s madonna in her 50s was still really fucking hot and like hadn't fucked up her face that way yeah, right right so right. so there's you know like my whole thing with her now i'm like look like you can do whatever the hell you want you're madonna you're the best um maybe lay off some of the fillers or like get better surgeons <laughs> however like do whatever you want to do you still are amazing and can still kill it so i i'm grateful that we didn't have this in the 80s but now we have like these examples of like viable like hot people who are it hasn't changed the whole thing because people still like if you're over 30 people still consider you out to pasture if you're a woman but um and this has never been that, that way for men ever. Um, like uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and 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 um, uh, Sean Connery were in a movie together where they played love interests, and he was literally <laughs> twice her age. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like and that that was in 1999. But like now, I think it it is getting to the point where at least we have like better pop culture examples of like 
women who are still super fucking hot. You know, because there is every chance that Elle will listen to this episode, I would like to say that I have officially dealt with my reservations. Like, I'm totally fine with it. Like, I, I came to realize I'm going to be 50 in a few years myself. And I, I don't I, I'm not interested in girls half my age. Um, 25 year old girls still have a lot to figure out. And I really enjoy um, age appropriate women. Yeah. And 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 Elle is Elle is fucking fine and looking great. And I I, I love her. So and, and you love so her and, and I got through it. Well, and like it's not like you're trying to have kids, right? Like this is like the one example that men will will give where they're like, Well, I still want to have children. And oh. like that, that's the only biological limiter that like women do yeah. genuinely have, like is that you go through menopause or whatever. And um but like, if you're not trying to have kids, then who cares? Yeah, and I I took care of that problem a few years back. Right. So, which is good. I'm glad you took care of that problem because usually it's us who has to take care of that problem. Which uh, and on on every it's level, it's so easy for guys to I get know a vasectomy. It it's like I know, I know. You, you get a snip. You, <laughs> you don't even snip. have to go under for it. No, you get a snip. You you you, you get some ice. Get yeah. some pain. You get some painkillers if you're allowed to take those, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's and then it's done and it's safe and a hysterectomy is holy shit. It's holy that shit is indeed. The most invasive procedure I can think of. Yeah. But the number the number of, of, of women that I know who and th- these are like women who are like younger than me who are like, yeah, my boyfriend, my husband, whatever, won't get a vasectomy and I'm worried about this and that, so I'm gonna have to get my tubes tied. And I'm like, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, because usually it, it's it's getting your tubes tied rather than a hysterectomy, um, which which is less invasive than that, but it's still not great. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Seriously, guys, it's not that hard. Yeah, like it. It takes you recover for like a week, but like everything was really fine for me after about three days, and uh, uh, and it can it can technically be reversed if you yeah, ever exactly. change your mind. Right. So, and your insurance will cover it, and you can you can opt to be put under, but you can also do it totally awake with a doctor's visit. Just fucking do it. I think spay guys in their 20s should do it. Spay and neuter your pets. Spay and neuter your men. <laughs> yeah, totally. We have enough kids in the world. We really do. You don't You don't need mini-me's running around. No. Um, so anyway, is that is that your mental health update? That's my mental health update, yeah. All right. I um, – I am I'm doing pretty well. I'm having a super ADHD day today. Um, Like I have a few like high pressure tasks that are due on Wednesday and I am sitting here feeling bored, which is like for me, that's a sign that my ADHD has taken over when like I know there's shit that needs to be done. There are fires burning behind me. And I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. What what could I what can I do? Um, so I'm working on that. Uh, the microdosing is going well. I have found um, tolerance to be an issue uh, where 200 milligrams was was really like doing it for me. Um, I was feeling like attentive and creative and. And things were going well. Now it takes like 400 and it's only been a week. Um, 
it's not it the tolerance builds up fast so you have to take breaks you have to like one recommendation i saw said three days on two days off and my brain is like but it's working why would i stop and um so i'm trying to like i'm trying to convince myself that it's worth taking a couple days off maybe even a week off uh to try to prevent this tolerance from building up but in general man it is it has totally been the answer for me i'm very i'm very excited about microdosing um, awesome that's awesome and i was I, talking i was talking to a friend last night um about how she's been doing and i didn't know this but she's been doing um ketamine therapy yeah. the last two years and it's really really helped her and that's reinforced my like resolve to actually start doing that yeah sorry go on yeah no i highly recommend it um i've heard from because i've been pretty open and public about it i've heard from uh, a bunch of people about half of them sharing their own stories um about um uh, like weekend retreats followed by a microdosing schedule and how beneficial that's been. Um, and then about half of them just saying, I've heard so many good things. I just wanted to like get more about your story and, and what's working for you before I go out and try this. And most of the people who are curious about it have never tripped before in their lives. Like they have no, no foundation for understanding of uh, psychoactives and, and hallucinogens. Um, which I did going into it, um, but but those people uh, understandably are uh, they don't have a clue. They don't they don't know what it's like to to trip to have your your mind like open like that. Uh, so honestly, I would recommend to anyone curious about microdosing that you that you full dose once. And understand like what the drug you're you're looking at can do in its like full potential before you start like just teasing it with the microdose. Um, but anyway, that's yeah, it. I'm doing. Yeah, it. no, that makes sense. I was gonna say I've never done any sort of hallucinogen, so I would. Yeah, I, my whole thing is like I've like wanted to go. I've wanted to try it, but I'm like I would need to be in a guided experience. Yeah. Um, and, and oh, I still oh, stand by I, that. I recommend the guided experience. Like it is, it is like a hair trigger to have a bad trip. Like you can have a real bad time. You can still come out of it with the benefits of like, if you're working on quitting drinking or changing habits or, or, you know, um, improve, uh, helping depression, like even a bad trip can help you get there. But the nice thing about a retreat is they really focus on an intention going in and they provide you with a really safe space that that is more likely to give you a good experience with it. Um, so I do I do recommend at the very least having a guide, if not a full retreat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that, that that that's that's what I would do because um, I just a I wouldn't necessarily know like am I taking the right amount or like what what are you picking up on what are you not like it was just it, it would be like when i went skydiving like just go with someone else <laughs> like, sure. like like be tethered have someone else tethered to you like yeah 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 i can't imagine going skydiving without a guide at least the first time totally, totally. um there are even there are even studies showing mdma as a treatment for depression 
Um, and honestly, like my experience with recreational ecstasy, um, like it's it's a blast like the drug yeah. itself is amazing the See, come down is scary right and my experience with, with recreational is that it had no effect on me whatsoever what? zero what oh zero. that sucks i'm totally. so sorry because it totally. is so much fun right well that's what everybody told me and i tried multiple times really nothing. so it wasn't just one bunk batch nope. you're just like immune to mdma immune. i'm just immune to it Wow, that it's, sucks. It's like the same thing with cocaine. I'm just immune. Oh, that sucks. It really does. I'm so sorry for you. I I know drugs are bad. I know. But, oh, my God, I love drugs. <laughs> okay. Should we, go into, uh, <laughs> should we go into our next topic before we talk about – we, we don't want to talk about any of our sponsors right now, right after that. Yeah. No, we so. should give it we, – we need a buffer. We need so, a buffer. So let's talk about this big media news. <sighs> Tell Holy us what's shit. happening in the world of media. Well, okay. So again, we're recording this on a Monday morning and um, <laughs> the, the the top hosts of both Fox News and CNN are out. Uh, Tucker Carlson is gone from yeah. Fox News. Uh, according to the press release, they agreed to part ways, but I really don't feel like it was voluntary on Tucker's part. No, no. Now they had to pay out his contract. I'm sure uh, this was not a Bill O'Reilly situation where they they paid out, you know, over the years, many, many, many millions of dollars on Bill's behalf because of of his weird sex pervert stuff. Um, and uh, and then they fired him finally. This, I'm sure, they had to pay out the remainder of Tucker's contract, which was probably a lot of money, but they have agreed to part ways. Um, they're losing their number one host yeah. far and away. I mean, he's one of the top-rated programs on all of cable, let alone cable news. Also uh, the most dangerous program on Fox, oh, so losing him is, is kind of a net benefit for, for society. Oh, but. for humanity, this is, a, this is a positive, to be clear. Um, I'm already seeing people try to, like downgrade this be like oh well he'll just go to newsmax and i'm like okay first of all newsmax doesn't have tucker money second of all newsmax doesn't have fox reach and the people who watch fox news don't know how to use the internet well enough to watch newsmax so it doesn't matter like because yeah. because they don't have the distribution it's like oan like who cares <laughs> um i'm not saying that it's not a potential problem but it, it's not the same thing um you know, in a different world where cable television were still relevant, it could be a concern that they might have a decade to catch up and then take over. But like in a decade, cable news is not going to exist. So yeah. I don't, you know, again, it's just like whatever. Uh, no, but that's massive. Um, I, the the underlying implication there is that this is because of the Dominion lawsuit um, and uh, Dominion and, and Fox um, settled um, over uh, libel claims and Fox agreed to pay Dominion $737 million dollars. Um, which is um, less than what they were trying to go for, would have gone for in a lawsuit. And a lot of people were angry on the internet about that settlement. I, from the get-go, I've, I've said this is going to have a substantial impact on the network and is going to like cause actual change to happen. And people are like, oh, no, it won't. They've just been, they got off easy. No, you don't lose 25% of your cash and equivalence position in one lawsuit and still have others you have to settle and not have to make substantial changes, yeah. um, especially with the discovery that had come out. Um, and and Tucker's discovery, even though he, you know, um, 
of all the hosts, he probably did the the best job of not directly libeling any company while he was on air. Uh, he certainly um, was allowing, you know, uh, wasn't speaking out. I mean, he was speaking out, but he, he also wasn't speaking out. Like the 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 behind the scenes emails were fascinating because it he made it clear that he can't stand Trump, that he thinks a lot of the people he works with are idiots, that he thinks uh, Mike Lindell is insane, that, that he that he thinks their viewership are idiots. Yeah. Um, and, and so there was nothing but disdain for all of those things. Um, but, uh, you know, um, he's also, uh, would bring on people who mm-hmm. would potentially say really crazy things, and not push back. So, so he's gone. I don't know how Maria, um, uh, Bartiromo still has a job. She needs to be right. fired like oh two God. weeks ago. She's the worst. <laughs> and I've always disliked her. So, um, like even before she moved to Fox. So. Yeah, just the personally, she is, like she's she's she awful. Is awful. She's awful. She's awful. Janine Pereiro needs to be gone. Like I don't know how that those people are still employed. I have a feeling the other shoe will drop with them. But then over on CNN, which is having a hell of a time under its its new president, um, ever since Jeff Zucker was 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 fired under. I'm going to be honest. I think pretty shitty circumstances. I, I, I don't think it was fireable. Everyone knew, literally everyone knew that he and, and his subordinate, um, who didn't even really necessarily like whatever, everyone knew they'd been in a relationship for many, many years. Like I knew, like everyone knew it seemed to me like a complete and utter, like just uh, facade to get rid of him in, in that way. Um, but, but Chris, like the new guy, he's been having a hard time. He created this, CNN morning show, which has been getting terrible ratings and it's hosted by, um, uh, Don Lemon and, um, two other, um, um, uh, uh, Poppy Harlow and, uh, Caitlin, I can't think of her last name. Uh, and, uh, Don Lemon's out. Don Lemon has been fired. Um, after this morning, um, a couple of months ago, speaking of, uh, our earlier discussion about like ageism, uh, he made some really shitty comments on the air about Nikki Haley and saying that she didn't have it anymore because she's 51 and kind of implied that she was too old to run for president and, and shouldn't be like <laughs> acting an, like in an era when the two prime primary right. uh, contenders are, are both in their fucking eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are 100%. When you literally have like men in their seventies, like running for, yeah. you know, second terms, like uh, our, you have a, you know, our president, like, let's just be completely honest doesn't seem to have all of his mental faculties fair, like fair. Like, it, like it's probably better than reagan was but we also know that reagan like had alzheimer's like while he was in office so i don't know if the bar is super high there to be really <laughs> honest with you um and uh you know like you know it, it was a shitty thing to say because there's nothing wrong like you can have problems with nikki Haley's um politics but a yeah i, d- I think she looks great i don't think yeah, there's she any, does. honestly she does. and and b like 51 is really fucking young for a presidential like candidate like let's not like let's not even talk about like how old hillary was when she was running you know what i mean like like and and i get it hillary's never been hot in her life so she's never going to be part of that conversation which is sexism for a whole other reason but whatever it is what it is she's never been the hot girl that's fine um nikki haley like has is an is an attractive woman but it was a shitty statement. And then Variety, I think it was, came out with a really damning expose a few weeks ago detailing his history with women at CNN over the last 17 years, as well as with other people. And just he seems like he's a diva nightmare to work with. I will say I have been on 
um, air with Don Lemon at least a dozen times. He was always very nice to me, but I never worked with him. Um, but, but, but I will say like of the hosts that I interacted with a lot on CNN, when I used to go on CNN a lot, he was always very kind to me. So, you know, um, uh, I can't speak to the, any of the rest of it, but I also don't doubt the reporting. Um, and so I, I have, but my, my, my gut on that is that, um, they are using the Dominion lawsuit again as cover to be able to fire him because they might've had a difficult time firing him otherwise, but now they can say, okay, we could potentially have liability issues because of his tendency to kind of go off on yeah. the air. Despite and now being, despite belonging to two protected categories, precisely, precisely. Yeah. Despite, right. Because well, that, because that's a difficult thing with, with Don Lemon and, 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 and it, and it should be to be clear. If, if you are part of two protected categories, it should be harder for people to fire you in my opinion. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that it, that it's impossible and it doesn't yeah. mean especially in a business like television which is all about trust and is all about like brand you know mm -hmm. integrity and other things like and also it's, it's also about looks it's about a lot of really surface things that people don't like to admit but like that's what that's what the business is about um it's one of the reasons why like me doing on-air stuff like I, I don't go on tv anymore but you know i on-air things like it's in my great advantage to look as young as possible like <laughs> sure no but like genuinely like i yeah. you know what i mean like i can't afford to look old or yeah. tired or aging like you can't so um in this case i think that the dominion this is just trickle down from that because cnn is like okay we can now use this as potential you know this and all the other things can be like okay yeah. he's now he's a liability for the network and and as you mentioned, the Fox the shareholder lawsuits, like that's not even a, a you know a question mark thing, and and um the like that that becomes like a because that that's a genuine concern I think liability now for for, for these um, networks, which is honestly I think the best case scenario from all of this. Again, a lot of people, in my opinion, and I'll stop talking about this in a second. We can talk about TV, but a lot of people were really pissy about Dominion settling. And I think that that was really misguided on two levels. One, a lot of the discovery already got out and was very damning, and yeah, that was good. Sure. Two, even though in this case, I totally thought the Dominion had a really, really strong case, I personally was really worried about the precedent that would be set if slash when Dominion was found, um, uh, the Fox was found, you know, um, libelous in that case. Because I think that First Amendment protections in this country, especially against the news, are incredibly important. And I would hate for something like this. And, and to be clear, in this case, I absolutely do believe that Dominion had a point. I think I'm somebody who is very against most libel cases against news organizations. I think the bar has to be exceedingly high because otherwise you cannot do what we do. And, and if you look at how the libel situation works in, in other countries, they cannot, they do not have the freedoms that we have. And, and their reporting is not as good as a result. It's just not. Um, but it, in my opinion, just looking at, at like what the facts were as we saw them, I was like, okay, if there's ever been a case of libel actually happening, this is an instance. And I was very worried about the precedent that would be set if, you know, the court found in, um, in Dominion's favor, because I, it, it was one of those things where you, you worry, could a New York Times versus Sullivan thing could could something like that be unset and that that would be a disaster for 
for, for, for the press and for freedom of the press. So I think, sorry, go on. No, so Smartmatic has said that they won't settle for less than Dominion got, $737 million, um, which means because their, uh, their value, their valuation is lower than Dominion, right. uh, that the settlement would be like the ratio would be off and it right. would almost be a benefit to Fox to go to trial. Right. Um, do you think that that is a danger, uh, in the way that dominion was? I don't think it is in the same way, but I do think it is a danger. I'll also say, and I'm not a lawyer, but just watching these things, that feels like a bluff to me to be like, we won't settle for any less. I feel like if somebody comes with a really good offer, especially with the amount of billable hours and things they've had at a certain point, if you don't take it, it looks really bad, especially because, I don't think, and again, not to say that the case isn't really strong, but Smartmatic wasn't the name that you heard all the time. Like, I think right. the reason that it was a slam dunk for Dominion was because most of us had never heard of that company before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we heard it and we heard it in a really negative way where I think you can draw a direct parallel to there being like a measurable and demonstrable like impact yeah. damages. Like, I think you can do it. I don't know if you can make the same argument for Smartmatic. I don't. I, I honestly don't. And so I think that would be a gamble. And I think they'd be stupid to not settle for $500 million or yeah. $350 million. Like, I think they would be. So I think we'll see. But I do I do have that concern. Um, but um, I think that so far, anyway, this has been the best possible scenario because we don't have the precedent set to potentially, like, just, you know, to, to uh, potentially like, you know, unthwart, no, New York Times versus Sullivan. Um, but we also are seeing very real impact on the business, on the news business, uh, which is what you want, right? This was a big enough judge. This was a big enough settlement. It's not like they can just come back from this. It was 25% of their cash and equivalents is the amount of money they've had to pay. Like they had to finance this in very specific ways to even, you know, be able to, to pay this off. Like this is not a small thing. I could see Dominion potentially doing like, and not Dominion, Smartmatic, maybe they would get away with their, um, you know, their, their stance. Maybe they could wiggle room if it was like maybe a stock and cash thing. Like I could see that as, as being maybe, you know, part of it being like, oh, well, we'll, we'll get a certain amount of equity or, or stock grants or something else. I, I, I don't know how that would work, but um, it really did impact them significantly in the pocket. And now as we're seeing it as having a, a very significant impact on, uh, on their talent and on their programming. So I think that's a win for democracy and for like press freedoms for all of it. <laughs> Do you want to hear my amazing segue into our sponsor? Yes, I do. So Dominion really made a meal out of Fox <laughs> News. Woo, yes. And this episode is brought to you by Factor. This spring, you need nutri- nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and to keep you on track for reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this spring? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Uh... 
Factor offers delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. As part of this sponsorship, Factor sent me a week of free of free meals and I, when they asked for my meal preferences, I had to list that I'm vegetarian, dairy-free, so kind of vegan, and gluten-free. And I was like, when I go to most meal kit uh, uh, services, they will offer all of those things individually. Right, but not all together. But to combine them, you're left with very few options. And so I, I punched those in and I got six meals in the in the mail um, that that were delicious. And uh, and honestly, one of their servings lasted me for two meals. Uh, so I still haven't even gone through my week of free meals at this point. And they came with seven smoothies and the smoothies all have four grams of protein and four grams of fiber in every bottle. So that's like a whole lunch for me right there. Yeah. Um, with 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add ons, including breakfast items like egg bites, smoothies, and more. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offer 100% delivery, 100% of their delivery emissions to your door are covered, source 100% renewable electricity for production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash overtired50 and use the code overtired50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code OVERTIRED50 at factormeals.com slash OVERTIRED50 to get 50% off your first box. I, uh, I, I'm impressed. I, that, that week of free meals really, cause I've done, I've done Green Chef and I've yeah. done, uh, HelloFresh and I've, I've, I've done others like the fact that they're never frozen. They show up refrigerated. I was going to say, this is what appeals to me. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm sad now that I didn't like fill out the form that I didn't like pay attention to it. <laughs> you enough. didn't do it. I didn't do it. No, but, but because the, this is the thing that appeals to me, like the frozen meals, like yeah, not that, they're not, never, they're it, never as good. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm like, I'm not opposed to that, but like in theory, but it's just, yeah, they're never as good. And then I'll be honest with you, the meal kits, that's, that's too much effort. That's like paying, that's paying somebody else to put you to work. Come exactly. On. Right. You know, that, that, I mean, you know, that's, that's like the blue apron. Like you have like the single egg, like in like the little cute container right. with all the yeah. plastic. And, stuff. and again, that's fine. But again, like if I'm ordering these meal plans, it's because I don't have like yeah. the, the talent to put these things together. Like shopping is not the problem. I could just order food yeah. directly from a delivery, like grocery store or go to the grocery store myself. It's, it, it is the putting it all together part that for me is a challenge. Yeah. Um, as with a, a cooking challenge person and an ADHD time management right, challenge sure. person. So I, I like this, that they're like not frozen, that they're refrigerated, ready for you to like, you know, heat and, and do, which, which I think is really nice. And it is really great to know that um, they were able to get you 
combo meals for all those different dietary concerns. Like that's actually very impressive because you're like, I think about you, like you're like the nightmare person like, <laughs> right, on, totally. on the airplane. You know what I mean? They're yeah, like, okay, totally. let, let, let's just get him the bland meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's make that boy a smoothie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I like to cook and I'm, I'm a good cook, but if I have to do half an hour of meal prep anyway, I don't, I might as well just go to the grocery store 100%. as well and get, and get the ingredients that I trust. Um, and, and I, that's fine. And I, I'm happy to do that, but totally. having a meal in the fridge that on a night I've had a long day of work and I just want to eat so I can get on with my evening, mm -hmm. having something that takes two minutes in the microwave and doesn't taste like a frozen meal. Right. Because it's great. not. Because it's not because it because it is actually freshly prepared. I really like that. That's awesome. Man, that was a huge value add for that sponsor read. We just yeah did. yeah yeah. You're welcome, Factor. Uh, this uh, we are also we're doing an episode swap, uh, sponsor swap this week with iOS Today, and I love this because this is hosted by my good friend Micah Sargent. Um, and you can so on this show we're obviously um iOS users, uh, Mac users. Um, but if you want to get the most from your iPhone, your iPad, your Apple Watch, and your Apple TV, then you want to join uh, my pal, Micah Sargent, who is the host of iOS Today, along with my other friend, Rosemary Orchard, who I know you know as well, yes, Brad, and she, she's, yes. she's fantastic. Every week, they highlight uh, tips and tricks and hidden features inside your iOS devices. Plus, they cover the latest news and they try out the best accessories. So you can follow and subscribe to iOS Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to your pocket, uh, to your, your podcast, um, Rosemary and Micah are great. And this is one of those podcasts I really do like, because even though I consider myself, I'm probably not their target audience, to be honest, because I'm such a power user. I still like learn about things and can get trip, uh, tips and tricks or can just, it's kind of like gratitude, but a podcast, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways for <laughs> yeah. me, because I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm, cause I'm no longer as plugged into the, the, um, iOS release cycle as I used to be. Um, as I was for many, many years. And so I, I like iOS today a lot, but it's, it's a, it's a really great podcast for anybody who's doing things, uh, within iOS and wants to keep up with the latest, uh, news or find out about great apps and tips and tricks. Good stuff. Awesome. All right. So, um, have you been watching the Hulu show single drunk female? Yes. Yes. Um, so frequent listeners will know that this was both Brett and I, like one of our favorite shows last year. At least it was one of my favorite shows last year. Um, I think I was the one who discovered it first and I turned you on to it because I, I wanted your take because I thought you would really like it. I thought that it, it, it I still think like the cast is incredible. The, the uh, star, uh, Sophia, uh, Sophia Delia Black, um, who was on um, a sitcom I, I loved called The Mick. She's fantastic. She's yeah. a star. And I stand by that. She's an absolute star. Um, and um, the second season is out now. It's It airs on Freeform, um, but they put the whole thing on Hulu. So the entire season is uh, available on Hulu now. And then they're airing like two episodes a week on Freeform. Whereas last year, it was like a week by week basis on both. Um, and so I've watched, I binged it like in one sitting. Um, I would love your take on, on this season, what you've seen of it so far. Okay. So I I'm on, I think, I think we just finished episode four. Okay. And like the, so in the first season she gets sober. Yeah. 
Um, in the second season, she's living sober and she's she's navigating the world as a relatively newly sober person. Right. Um, which I I've I've been there, I've done that, and I I relate to all of the struggles she has. Like uh she's on a date with a guy and the waiter brings wine, which for most people is just a normal part of life. But for her is like this, oh shit, what do I do moment? Right. It's like this existential, how do I explain like what do I and, do? And her reaction is to lie and say she's on antibiotics, but not sick. Like, ah, uh, she's on like day four of antibiotics yeah. and she's going to see it through. And she has this whole, like just spews out of her, this whole story about how, uh, this time it's really important to her that she sees her course of antibiotics through and she can't drink as a result. Um, and she has to go back to him a, a day or two later and be like, okay, so I lied. Here's the real story. And, and he's totally cool with it as I knew he would be like, but for her, like this need to, it was, it was, it, I deeply related to that, that moment of panic. The thing that, okay. The thing, the, the alcoholism and the recovery thing is, is fascinating. One of the things that, that fascinates me is she's gorgeous mm -hmm. as, as a human being, she's she is beautiful. gorgeous and they dress her down for her role mm -hmm. uh, to the point where she's, she's almost like it would be if it were a, one of those movies where they yes. like take the glasses off the nerd uh -huh. and like she would she's ripe for that 100 the way they dress her down and and like I, I kind russell of appreciate that yeah they've carrie russell on felicity her like they had to do the yeah. same thing to carrie russell on felicity they actually jj abrams even said that when she came in they were like oh we can't cast you you're too pretty <laughs> and and uh because for this character you're you're way too pretty and and they they had to like dress her and and like hide the prettiness they even cut her yeah. hair after <laughs> after the first season uh ru ruined the show um uh but but yes this that i i find that interesting too they definitely e but even doing that like you said it's just right for the yeah take the glasses off like like clean up the hair you know do a little makeup and and she's great um there's this and i don't know if it's in one of the episodes you saw but there's this this flashback thing with her mom and she's like oh you know and you look so beautiful without any makeup on and she's like i'm wearing so much makeup <laughs> yeah i remember that um, um which is great the story of her mother is like her mother's not a good person um, she's never presented as a good person, but the episode we just watched her mother. So the fourth step in a 12 step program is when you list out all of your resentments and hers had apparently taken 50 pages of a notebook and her mother reads it, Ugh, uh, invades awful. her privacy, reads her fourth step and takes it personally. Like the whole point of the fourth step is to like, get it out put it down on paper and then let it go. Mm -hmm. Like all of, all of, all of these things that are mostly a product of your own neuroses, you just put them down and you let them go and they should never be read. Uh, and her mother reads them, holds it against her to the, to the extent that she fucking moves out, yeah. uh, which is, I think the thing. only healthy response. 100%. But, 100%. And, and then between all of this, um, for, um, for real life reasons, I think because uh, the actress got another show, the woman who had played her sponsor, this is another kind of ongoing thing is that she has this year sober. 
Um, what happened at the end of the last season was that her her estranged best friend, who she's friends with again, got married to this guy, and then immediately decided that she realized she did not want to get married, and yeah. it shows up at um, um, Sam's house, and um, they're kind of reconnecting. Um, and uh, but she had a sponsor who she met like when she started getting sober, and they developed a really strong bond. And her sponsor in the second season is gone to Maine because she's pregnant. She, uh, her, uh, she and her wife, um, have decided to have a baby and she's pregnant and is now no longer able to be Sam's sponsor. And so this is all happening in a place where Sam is not really having like her strong support system. And then the guy that she'd been dating or been building towards dating in the first season, um, and they finally started to date and then he fell off the wagon. Um, he's not really as, as active in her life in the second season. So, Um, I, I thought that fourth episode was actually, so I, cause I watched the whole thing. I thought that, that was one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, yeah, you're right. The way that they play her mother, who's played by Ali Sheedy is not represented as like a, a great person. She's, she's complicated. Like she definitely loves her daughter, but also is very judgmental of her daughter and of herself. You know, she's, she's, oh yeah. you, you, you can, under, you can kind of see in the relationship. And again, it's not a blame thing because it's not like the mother caused her to be an alcoholic. The alcoholism sure. is, is, you know, based on, I think something biochemically that, that is within some people's brains, right? Cause there are some people who drink all the time and are, don't have that well, propensity the, and then other the people fact who don't. That her, the fact that her mother's reaction to reading her four step was to grab a bottle of wine is right. telling. It, it is, but it's also, I think, you know, the point is that you can kind of understand like some of the things like not that would lead her to drink, but that would put her in a position where like growing up in that environment where like she would maybe start to see alcohol as an escape yeah. from yeah. the pressures that, that her mom would have on her. Um, I will say this. I watched the whole season. I don't think it's as good as the first season. Really? Um, I don't think it's bad at all, but I don't I didn't like it as much as I liked the first season. And I think it was and a lot of shows do this and this is normally completely fine, but it's it's trying to become more of an ensemble show and focus more on some of the lives of some of the other characters, which I okay. get. You need to do that. But in my opinion, the strongest part of the show is Sophia Delia Black. Like she is and sure. and Sam. Like I think that that story and that actress is such like she's the center and the strongest part of that show. And I wonder if they didn't maybe like expand outside of, you know, her a little bit too much. Like that was, that's what was kind of my only kind of feedback. Can I say, I love the additional focus on her fat friend. Yes. That Lily May Heron. I agree with that. I I think she's the other best part of the show. Like I think she's great. And I would love to see more of her. To have a secondary character who is fat. Yes. Like not not Hollywood chubby, like actually fat, mm-hmm. who has an active sex life, who has a real personality, who has a depth of character. Yes. Um, serves both as like a friend, but as her own individual human being. Right. I think that is great representation for who, real and, and, people. And who's hot and who, yeah. to my knowledge... The weight thing has never even come up. Like it's never even been no, like she. Like it's she's never, never mentioned. It's never mentioned, and it's never treated as like, oh, how it's great not is a it? handicap? It's, it's not, no, it's not, and it's not. It like like she uh, the end of the first season, like she meets this this doctor, this hot guy, yeah. um, at at a wedding, and he's really into her, and he's the one who's like pursuing her, uh-huh. and then the second season, they're in a relationship, and and we're seeing how they're trying to like 
navigate those things together. And she's the one who's more ambivalent in some ways, right. which honestly, like she's a beautiful girl. Yeah. And and that is how that would really happen. But I really do appreciate that they don't um, like make it again this whole like oh you know the the fat girl is 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 finding a guy you know it's right. not about that lucky like, her lucky her you know <laughs> we're gonna give her this shout out no it's not like that at all it's not even mentioned right and well and, and they don't pre- they don't present her boyfriend as like a chubby chick no he doesn't fetishize no her size in any way he respects her Absolutely. like he's in love with her and, and yeah. right totally and the thing is is that and the actress who's very good um and and i and i think that she's the second best actress on the show um i i you know she's she is very pretty like it's funny like they do the opposite is what they do with um Sophia de the black like they really accentuate how attractive yeah. that actress is and again i think she is a very pretty girl but uh, they go out of their way to really like do the makeup and the clothing everything just right yeah. um the same way that they have to kind of um <laughs> underplay yeah, um for sure. the, the lead actress's beauty and and i think and look that makes sense because for a show like this like because life is just easier on pretty people and uh-huh. and it's it, it is and and it's just it's on hard skinny on skinny white girls sure i mean it's it, it look it, <laughs> it, it is um and so it's uh it's hard to uh i think um sell the whole like i'm starting over and i'm like hitting all these things but i look like this it's like well yes well if you look like that obviously things are going to come easier for you and so i think that they do the right thing in terms of you know, the way they do her, her clothing and, and, and other styling. Although again, you can just tell she's still a gorgeous girl. Um, no. So I like that aspect. There are just some other things I think that like, I don't know. I also do miss the relationship with James, the, um, the guy that she had the friendship slash relationship with in the first season. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like they, 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 they bring that in a little bit more and they show his journey to recovery in the second season. And I do like watching his, his, um, um, journey, um, his, his journey, what he does is a little bit different than some other things. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not that I, I don't, I, it's not that I mind like the focus on the other people. I think it's just like, these are 30 minute episodes. So that equivalently means 20 minutes. You've only got 10 episodes of content. Like if this was a longer show, like if this could be like Ted Lasso style where your episodes can be longer than like 20 minutes, like if you could have like a 45 minute episode, right. And still be considered a half hour. And we could get to know these characters more. I think that would, like, that would that I think would fit this show more. But because they have a a broadcast deal, they can't do that. So I, yeah. I I feel like they're really constrained, honestly, by like just the number of 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 minutes they have to tell all the stories. I really appreciate shows that take that challenge, though. Like, so my attention span a half hour show is a twenty minute show is great for my attention span. Um, I, uh, any hour long show drags for me and I sure. start checking, I start checking the, the time remaining, uh, probably at about the 40 minute mark. Um, that said, like as a constraint to tell a story in half hour serial segments, um, I think is, a, a writing challenge. Oh, I agree. That some shows really step up to. And I feel like, I feel like single, single drunk female does a pretty good job of that. I think it does too. It's just, it's one of those rare cases. I'm similar to you where I rarely want a show to go longer, but in this case I do. Um, and, and I, and I, I feel like the, I think it's that a good thing. It right? is a good no. It, 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 they're doing it right. No, it is a good thing. I think, I don't know that the first season to me was 
absolutely the best new show on TV last year, in my opinion. Um, and I still really liked this season. I didn't like it as much. I really, really hope that it is able to come back for a third. Um, I, it's very clear that the only reason it got a second was because it was very popular on Hulu. I hope that that continues and that they yeah. continue to promote it because it can't be that expensive. I think it's a really important show. We don't see shows showing up talking about recovery and, and all the, of its iterations. Yep. Um, uh, the, the, the mother character is played by Ali Sheedy. She goes through some, some changes as the, as the season goes on. And I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but just like set you up for this. Like they also have her starting to, uh, you know, look into attending Al-Anon. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that and, just happened in the okay. last one I watched. The, and or it was suggested. It was suggested. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is honestly, a, I, I, that is one thing I did appreciate about the broadening of this season is focusing on, okay, it's not just the person in recovery, it's all the people in their life as well. Yeah. And what does it do to to the family members? And mm-hmm. um, even though, like, the, the mother is not a great person, like, that, I think, is a story that is never told. Like, I've never seen. Like, it's always about the person who has the addiction. I've never seen any story focusing on like, what is it like for the people left behind? And that's what I really appreciate about both seasons of this show is that it's shown the impact that her addiction has had, not just on her, but on the other people in her life, her friends, her family. And, and that I think is, um, is incredibly powerful. And this is the sort of TV that we need more of. And, and so I hope we get another season of it because I, I do think that I, I mean, and and I'm not an addict, but I but I, I live with one, and and I you know have friends who are, and like I I appreciate very much the way that this is being portrayed in a way that is not judgmental to anyone, but just seems like it, it to me anyway. It rings very true. Yeah, it's very hopeful. It's a uh, it it shows that recovery can happen. It and does, that, and that healing can happen. And yeah. No, it's a great show. It's a great Love show. It. It's very funny. They have very funny people in it. Um, John Glasser, um, who uh, uh, is um, uh, from, um, like, he was on Delocated and um, uh, a couple of other um, Adult Swim shows, um, makes a couple of other appearances as, like, her former boss. Cause she works- oh, dude, from Parks and Rec. Yeah. 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 But, but he, he was also on that, uh, that, that, that show on Adult Swim, Delocated. I never saw it. Okay, yeah, where he played this guy, this family, like in the witness protection program. It was, it was, it was, it was a really bizarre show. It was, it was like the same type of thing as like the children's hospital like, sort of shit. I, I hate, I, I love him as an actor. I hate his character totally so much in this show, which is like obviously the point mm-hmm. of his character. <laughs> yeah. So he's so flawed, but so flawed. like sympathetic, like completely. I, I feel for him, but at the same time, I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah. So I definitely, I, I, um, I did, like I said, it was, and I might go back and watch it a second time. My opinion might change on the second rewatch. Um, uh, but I, I definitely think people should watch the first season, watch the second season too. We needed to have a third. Um, yeah. And I'd like to hear your thoughts as, as you watch the rest of it. Um, okay. Ted Lasso. I know that we're like Speaking running out of time, of third but season. Yep. Um, I, I, all I have to say about Ted Lasso is thus far, it's the best season yet. And Ted Lasso is one of my favorite shows of all time. So to, tr- to Trump the first two seasons, uh, it, it's a feat. And, Absolutely. And they're nailing it. They are nailing the, it. The fucking team hasn't won a single game yet. 
Yeah. You're watching, you're watching a show ostensibly about a soccer team that never wins a game. Totally. And, 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 and no, and it, and it's, um, you know, when it, it setting up, like the way they set up the first two seasons was just so good. And then you wonder like, okay, how are they going to end this out? And I think this is their last season. Like they haven't officially confirmed that, but that, that feels like this is it for them. It does feel like it. And, um, this is, I think, another like great example. Succession, which is my favorite show on TV, uh, you know, it's also ending this year after a fourth season, and I really do appreciate like having an arc in mind and then yeah. keeping to the arc. Like it, it sucks for people who love the show because you're like, man, you could have done more. But I do really yeah. appreciate having an arc and then sticking with it. But the depth of these Ted Lasso characters, yes, like every every. Even every member of the team at this point, we have some backstory for, we have some connection to. Yep. And, and like Jamie Tart and who's the guy who growls? I always forget his name. Um, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, uh, well, it's Brett Goldstein, but, um, uh, um, Roy. Right. Roy Kent and, and Ted Lasso and Coach Beard and, uh, what's the uh, Higgins? Uh, yep. <laughs> like, and and Rebecca, like all of these characters, like you have this strong connection to. Yes. And they can make an episode focus on any one of any these of characters them, and, and I will care. No. And that's the thing. I mean, I have to say, like, this is really one of those shows like I have to. I mean, um, Jason Sudeikis gets a lot of credit for the show, as he should, because, you know, he's he's obviously the star and he's done a lot of writing work. But this was a you know, um, this is a Bill Lawrence um, show. And um, if you ever watch any of his other shows, um, and I've been a big, big, big Bill Lawrence fan, um, basically forever, this has the hallmarks of his shows. And I think this is one of his best. So he did Scrubs and he did Clone High and he did um, uh, um, actually worked on a, what was it? A, um, Spin City and, um, you know, has a history of like uh, he did a, um, a Cougar Town um, and uh, he's a, this is, I think, um, indicative of a lot of like some of his best writing things. He he's really great at creating these shows with these like casts that feel like real people and that feel like real people you know and that you care about. And and I think that this is one that like is is probably one of the most of any show I've seen. Like they've other than like you know peak The Simpsons and maybe Parks and Recreation. Like you really do feel like you know these people and you yeah. care about them. Yeah. Um. And and then it's just it's one of those rare shows. Like it came out in this time and it wasn't like written for the pandemic or anything, but it came out in this time when we were all like, didn't have hope. And, and it was like this one, like nice thing. And it's been nice to kind of have this like very, very good show. Like where like the, 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 the fundamental message of this is hopeful again, like, like single drunk female, like that, like the message is hopeful, you know, hope is the whole thing. Speaking of hope and soccer. Yes. Wrexham. Uh, what was the, I can't even remember the name of the show with Rob McElhenney. Yeah. Was it just called Wrexham? I think it might've just been that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the team that Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds bought, um, Wrexham United just got promoted from their fifth tier, uh, league. Uh, they just got promoted. Paul Rudd showed up with Rob and Ryan, to see the game, uh, or to see the the, I, I assume it was a game um, that got them promoted to the next uh, level, and 
it wasn't this wasn't part of the show. This was just side news. Uh, but amazing story after after the the trials and tribulations of the the TV series. And I just imagine being at a soccer match, uh, a football match with yeah. Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney, and Paul Rudd, and having it go well. Like that would be that's like be a amazing, dream, right? Dream moment for me. Yeah. Totally, totally. Well, and I have to say, like, I thought the show was great and and the concept is good. And it is funny because like um, you know, Ryan Reynolds, like he sold Mint Mobile, like he's where everybody yeah. was like was like, Yeah, he needs needs money for the club, you know. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's working out. It's that's working awesome. out. No, it's great. Um, no, I, I I love I love that. And I love that they got promoted. Like that's and again, like it's it's the the great thing about like TV is when it can like make you interested in in other parts sure. of this, right? Sure. Cause, like, because I don't give a shit about like soccer, football, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I could care less. It is it is not my country's sport. Like in this country, we care about women's soccer a little bit, and we care like during the World Cup. Like that's the only yeah. time people in this country yep. ever yep. pay attention to the other football. Like, because uh, like our religion is actual football and I'm sorry, yep. but, but it is the NFL is yep. actual football. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and it, it's just that that's how it goes. So, um, yeah, I think Ted Lasso is great. Um, I, I'll also say, um, I know that we need to get into our gratitude, but I will just do a shout out. I know that you didn't like it or when you tried it's just the, the L like comment, like all the people are terrible and I totally agree, but the final season of succession is some of the best TV I've ever seen. Okay. Um, the third episode, um, I don't want to spoil anything, um, even though at this point, most people know what happened, but the third episode is genuinely one of the best episodes of television I've seen ever. And if succession sticks the landing, it will, it look, it's going to be a top 10 show regardless, but if it sticks the series finale landing and it's looking like they will, like, I don't want to get too far ahead, but if it does, it's going to be like in that like upper tier, like greatest shows of all time list it, for me. In completely other news. Yes. Part, Party Down got a whole new season. Yes, it did. I love it. It was so good. It was so good. I missed was, Lizzie Kaplan, I, but I loved it. I know. I, I, I want it. I want more. <laughs> I yes. hope it's not done yet. It's so hard for them, right? It's 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 the arrested development problem. Like it's like when you don't have people under contract. Yeah. Like how do you get them all back together again? I mean, single drunk female had a similar problem, and like they lost um, the actress who played um, the um, the sponsor because she got another show. Like it it's so hard with these streaming. It's yeah. even harder with streaming shows because you don't necessarily know how they're going to be, and so like you can't you can't sign people to like long contracts the same way but i hope they're able to get everybody back together from like some uh, like just give us a reunion you know give us like a two-hour yeah. movie right sure. like, <laughs> like that like that would be great like that that way we can bring lizzie kaplan back we can have the whole gang there like i do not know the actor's name but he was on um silicon valley and he plays the sci-fi the hard sci-fi yeah, author. martin star martin star martin star he was from yeah. freaks and geeks he's great yeah yeah oh yeah yeah he deserves he deserves way more credit oh i totally I agree him. no he's fantastic and then um the the, the himbo um uh, I can't remember his character's name, but it, it, the actor's name is Kyle something. But he, uh, yeah. um, he was on, um, he was on another show created by the creator of Party Down called Veronica Mars. Where he oh did- my god, yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, there are a lot of 
former Veronica Mars people yeah. uh, in that universe. And um, anyway, I've always, I always loved him. He and Jane Lynch's um, dynamic together. Yes. Always so great. His, his, his band did a song called My Struggle, which is how Mein Kampf is translated. And he talks about, uh, he, he was trying to talk about like being a Hollywood star but he said, like, in the lyrics, he's like, they give you a star and they put you on a train. <laughs> and it was just straight up Nazi lyrics. And then he's wondering why he has a Nazi. It's so it's just fucking comedy gold. So good. Um, Should we do some gratitude? Yeah, let's do some gratitude. All right. I have two options that I'm still trying to narrow down. Do you have one you want to start with? Okay. So I'm trying to think. Um, I've had one that I found the other day and I'm trying to find it now. Oh, yeah. It's called um, uh, Shortcat. And, oh, my God. Yes. And I love Shortcat. Uh, Shortcat is uh, – find it. It's a like a, they describe itself as a, as a universal um, command palette for your Mac, and it basically lets you. Uh, as look, we're big fans of the keyboard here at Overtired. We're big fans of uh, you know not having to use your mouse, and I like the mouse, and I like my uh, sure. Um, I love my uh, trackpad. I, yeah, I, I was gonna say I love my Magic Trackpad, and I have a really nice mouse as well. I'm not opposed to that, but it is really nice to like a lot of times like you're in the zone like being on your um, uh, keyboard, and so Shortcut indexes the i'm reading from the website here because this is actually a good description uh also a plus for them they have a very good website describing exactly what it does is that it indexes your your max user interface and then you can um it, it makes those options available to you in a powerful command palette so you can you know um click on buttons focus on text fields and do other commands without having to use the mouse um and i really really like it i think it's a it, it works in your browser it works with electron apps it lets you search in menus um it it's really really good uh you can um it's it's available uh through homebrew so you just brew install shortcut and um you can also like download it off their website uh, shortcut.app and i'm i'm just a really really big fan of this uh i think it's just a, a really really good app um and uh that that that's my tip that that's my pick I, i've been using this since last year i don't remember when i discovered it i guess i discovered it not long after it came out um, no, that's not true. It's been oh, out for it's a really been long out time. for a while. Okay, yeah. it's been out for a really long time. I didn't discover it, I guess, until it had kind of been rewritten. So yeah, so last year, this is what it was. Last year, they uh, released a first release of a from scratch rewrite, um, and that came out in in June of, of 2022. And that was, I think, when I started using it. And so, uh, but but it goes all the way back to 2012. Um, so um, great app, yeah. Shortcut. It it is. I've always been fascinated by it. I've never gotten into using it. Um, the app that filled my need was called Poletro, um, which is available on set app and it gives you a command shift P like you were in, you know, mm -hmm. your favorite IDE command shift P gives you access to anything that shows up in the menu. Shortcut is great because it, it reads all of the accessibility options for an app and and like you said can do it can focus fields and and click buttons that aren't part of the menu uh paletro just gives you uh 
pop-up access to any menu item, uh, which fits most of my needs. And I love it when I when I can't remember the shortcut for a menu item. I just hit Command Shift P in any app. That's nice. And and I get access to the menu. But yeah, shortcut has blown me away with its capabilities. It's never become like uh, a a muscle memory kind of shortcut for me. But yeah, yeah, I don't use it for everything, but I have it installed. And it's one of those things that like when I've needed something like it's one of those things that I like to be able to Oh, right. That's right. I have this here. And and I can use this and and I do appreciate that it works, you know, with so many different app types, because some of these things do have a hard time with the electron apps. um, For sure. And and the fact that it works with them is great, because that means that I can do it in one password and in VS code. And in other Electron apps that like, sorry, I know that a lot of people hate on Electron, but there are a lot of really good Electron apps out there. So um, we'll put both Pletro and uh, Shortcut in the show notes. Um, do you uh, do, do you know which one you want to pick? Look, Jeff isn't here, so you could technically pick both. Um, <laughs> do one for Jeff. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to I'm going to go with I'm going to save this one for uh, let me make a quick note that this is my next one but for this week i'm gonna go with net newswire nice um i so my site traffic over the last couple years has gone down and it's gone down by it's gone from about twenty one thousand hits a week to eight thousand which is significant and i was under the impression that the algorithm was doing me dirty mm-hmm. um, that people just weren't getting their news the way they used to. And for the first time in a few months, um, I thought I'll check my, well, actually for the first time in a year, honestly, um, I thought I'll check my subscriber stats. Cause I use feed press for my RSS feeds mm-hmm. Uh, which gives me stats on how many people are subscribed to my RSS feed. Right. Turns out my RSS feed had grown by more subscribers than I had lost in traffic. Wow. So so right now I have 35,000 subscribers to my RSS feed. Um, and when I, I got a bunch of new followers on Macedon after my last post, and I was like just curious – uh, out of the, you know, multiple dozens of people who just followed me, how did you find me? And they're all like, I read your blog through RSS, 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 which is amazing. RSS is making a comeback after Google Reader, like, brought it to its knees more for than a, a de- while. More than a decade ago. Like, Google killed um, Google Reader um, 11 years ago. Yeah. And and now RSS or, is or ten years ago. Sorry, it ha- it was it was like we're coming up on like the the tenth anniversary, I think. But yeah, yeah. it's for real back though. Um, I went into my reader stats, and by far the most popular RSS reader that was giving me stats was Net Newswire. Um, and I personally, that's what I use. Um, I am a fan of apps like ReadKit and mm-hmm. Reader. But Net Newswire, once it was under new management, and I don't remember who Brent Simmons. Yes, yeah, Brent Simmons. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so he he created it, and then um, he worked at a company called NewsGator, who took yeah, it over, yeah. 
and and then um it, also the guy who created the like the the windows version which was like a feed demon i think it was was sure. also part of newsgator and then it kind of went away and then he was able to buy back like the name and and the the you know copyright or whatever and then he re-released it um and it's completely open source now which is yeah. what's brilliant yeah and it's not the most full-featured rss app but it does exactly what it needs to do and Absolutely. it does it it does it perfectly. No, and I totally agree. Like I said, I like I like some of the apps like Reader and ReadKit too. ReadKit has been around for a long time, and I think they just recently released a new version, and they've done some some good stuff with it. And and, and Reader yeah. um, is is always had a really nice interface. I use and it's beautiful. I, yeah, I use Feedbin as my um, like syncing service. Yeah, and um, their web app is actually great. And so in some cases, you know, because like as I've said many times, like as much as I kind of hate this in some cases, like the web one and, and like the, the Feedbin website is really good, but I totally agree with you. Like NetNewsWire is a great app. It also is a great iOS app. Um, I primarily use it on Mac, um, but um, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that it's just um, the fact that it's still being kind of developed and and that I, I love it. I love that it's on GitHub. I love that it's open source. Like that yeah. to me really is, uh, I think like it represents the best of how kind of these indie apps can exist today because unfortunately, like these are niche things. Like I'm glad that the traffic is coming back and that more people are getting into RSS, especially for like your audience. But, but it is, you know, like not, uh, unfortunately it, it, what sucks with Google reader now being dead for 10 years, I think it, it, July 1st is, I think the cutoff date, but like Google had announced it like March of 2020 of 2013 and and so we're coming up in like 10 years without it um is that you have a whole generation of users who don't even really know you know what i mean and yeah. so in some cases they're they have to rediscover and like relearn like oh yeah you mean there's this way i can subscribe to all my favorite feeds right i think it's time i think it's time for people to rediscover rss and I like i said obviously it is happening uh, but for anyone who has long depended on social media to surface articles yep. of interest, dude, RSS gives you the ability when you read an article that you're like, yes, I agree with this author. They've provided me with very interesting information and news. You can follow them and you can have in one place all of the feeds that you personally trust and find of interest. And you can have all of that surface using RSS and totally. it, it stands for really simple syndication. And it literally is, it's just a way to follow news that you trust and that matters to you. And every day you get a new menu yep. of the latest articles and it is way better than any quote unquote algorithm designed to put content in front of you i agree the only one i miss from rss services i miss fever fever was my favorite oh my god yeah fever was a self-hosted rss client and and i actually moved away from google reader to using fever before what google happened reader to died. sean inman is he still around i, I don't know he, he started making games i know his mom had been sick and huh. and then he, he'd switched his focus from like software to to games um yeah i just pulled up his website um because he also did Mint Analytics, yeah, which was fantastic. Which was fantastic, and he did a um, a, what was it, Quip, not Quip, uh, uh, Quicks, uh, Quicks, Quicks, yeah, which was great. And then um, and he had the he had like um, what was it? Uh, I think it was like a shortwave or something, which was like a URL shortener, shortened something like that. But he did, he had a lot of things. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, his last blog post was April, 2020. Um, and, and so, um, I, I don't know what he's up to. I hope he's doing well because yeah, me I, too. because he was I, a genius. He was a genius because his his shit was like the best. And and fever was was my favorite because what was great about fever was that it was it would basically um kind of rank um articles based on like how many times somebody else had linked to it, like within mm-hmm. your feeds. And so you kind of had like a, yeah, a within pod- your within your chosen feeds, yep. the articles that you wanted to read anyway. It could rank what was hot and what was not. And if you have a hundred feeds, you can't keep up with those on a right. day-to-day basis. And fever like surfaced the content that was most important and it was brilliant. It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, I was gonna say it was it was very similar to like what what uh what uh what was it uh, um nimble or whatever, like the uh, the um the, the the iOS the kind kind of Twitter thing that a lot of people used to kind of keep track of like what the top like um, links shared across their followers were okay. It, it, it was like that, but it was for RSS. It was great, and and I used that for a really long time. I had a um, I had a single site um, uh, app um, for Fever back in the day, and um, like uh, I, I loved that. But it um, yeah, I agree. Like RSS, I will say this: the only thing I run into sometimes it's gotten better, fortunately, over the last couple of years. But there was a period of time, and it's still not great. Where a lot of times, like by default, websites will hide the RSS feed, or if they won't have yeah. an RSS option at all. Yeah. So if you are creating content, I, I cannot stress enough. Like if you have a website, like make sure that you make the RSS discoverable. Don't yeah. hide that because, like, I think you even can do it. You can do it with Meta. You can do it in the Meta of your website. You don't have to have a subscribe button on your main page, right? You can make it discoverable. It just takes that extra effort to put a link tag in your yep. meta. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think that WordPress by default now doesn't like do it the same way that they used to. And really? so, yeah. And so, you know, um, although that might go away, I mean, I'm hopeful with ActivityPub that that's going to get more people into the idea of RSS because they are all interconnected. And, and so I hope as more people start, you know, looking at those types of protocols, people will, we can bring RSS back. Um, it was really, you know, the downside of, uh, uh, speaking of feedbin, they'd had a way where you could subscribe to Twitter feeds. Um, yep. and that's dead now because of the API changes, your existing yep. subscriptions still work, but the old, new ones won't happen. Um, there might be some third, uh, party workarounds, but, um, yeah, uh, but but yeah, NetNewsWire is a great app if you're looking for for you know keeping track of of all your stuff. So yeah, great great pick. All right, dude, just the two of us pulled off over an hour of an episode. I love it. Who's that Jeff guy anyway? And we miss him. We miss you, Jeff. Um, he'll he'll be back for our next one. And uh, next time I talk to you guys, um, I, I will have to figure out when we're recording. Because I will be in Atlanta and I will be like on a Taylor Swift hangover. So next time we talk, <laughs> I will be like giving you all the deets on uh, on on the Eras tour. Uh, the the what? The Eras tour. Oh, I thought you said the Aero store. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Eras E R A S tour. Yeah, I'm not I'm not okay. enunciating that. Well, it's also hard to that that that's a hard thing to say. The Taylor Eras tour. Eras tour. Eras yeah. tour. Yeah. All right. Well, Christina, great to see you. Great, great to catch up. You. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low. 
Hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter, which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes. And let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.